Namaste and a very warm welcome to the seventh episode of Sidi Baat. I'm your host Pawan, and today we are going to talk about a very important issue, and that is the state of health infrastructure in India. Why is it relevant today? Because in times of coronavirus pandemic, we see that we are the doctors are working overtime, the nurses are working overtime, the entire medical staff is working overtime and facing a lot of risks. at the workplace state governments are talking about controlling the virus while experts are giving their opinion that this is the best time to relook at the state of health infrastructure and to see uh, and improvise it further so that we'll be better prepared for pandemics in the future so to talk about this we have with us today not only our regular host ms lavit kaur but also two guests from the university of hyderabad we have with us mr anirudh and ms divya archana from the university they are pursuing their ma in economics and have also looked at the health sector very significantly and understood what is the economics of healthcare and what is the issues surrounding it so we'd like to begin with their opening remarks so anirudh and divya please start off with your opening remarks Namaste thank you Pawan and Lavpit for having me and Divya on your podcast CD Baat to discuss on the topic India's health infrastructure uh, Divya and I will discuss uh, on this topic India's health infrastructure mainly in three parts Firstly we will have a brief outlook of the state of infrastructure uh, in India mm, then we will have a look at the main issues and the solutions we can offer and lastly we'll also look at the government data and assess how government is doing since months wherever one goes we are just hearing the word corona and nothing else this has proved that corona is a deadly virus and has been increasing at a devastating rate day before yesterday india has crossed 1 lakh count which is huge enough i think one has to look into it carefully and take the measures accordingly and one must recognize the efforts of the doctors nurses and the healthcare sanitation workers who are just working day and night even though their health is being put into risk sometimes so one must duly thank them and then coming to the situation right now maybe i put forward like this anta corona mayam leading to io mayam i think this is a good time for us to speak about the health infrastructure in our country and also speak about the health policies that could be flexible enough and changed time to time uh, according to the need of the hour thank you anirudh and divya you have given a brief picture as to what might be expected in this episode I just want to put out a few statistics such as that uh, we are it's, if we see our uh, government spending uh, total spending of india's on its health 
as a percentage of GDP, it's somewhere around 3%, which is very low compared to other countries. And even the total per capita government spending is only 2,000, almost 2,000 rupees. So that is around 1944, 1,944 rupees, which is very low. So what do you think, Anirudh? What is the state of health infrastructure in India? In your view, and what is the problem that are surrounding it? Over to you. Yeah, you have rightly pointed out it, Pavan. Firstly, the health sector is an important indicator for understanding the healthcare delivery and welfare mechanism in any country. Particularly in these times of a global pandemic, one will understand the real importance of the health sector, the health staff, all the workers working in the health economy. And this is the right time to reflect and ponder upon this topic. So, as you have said, in India, the total health expenditure is around 4.5% of the GDP and this includes expenditure both by central and state governments as well as the private sector. If you look at the central government's public expenditure on health, it stands at just about 1.3% of the GDP, which is way lower than the average expenditures on health even by some underdeveloped countries. As per the WHO rankings, India stood at 194 out of 191 in terms of the GDP percentage spent on healthcare. The result of this low spending on healthcare can be understood from the following figures. There are only, I mean, there is only one doctor for 1,400 people as against the WHO norm of at least one doctor for 1,000 people. And we have only 1.7 nurses available for 1,000 people as against the WHO norm of at least 3 nurses for 1,000 people. And the installed capacity of ventilators all over the country across all public and private hospitals is less than 1 lakh. This figure 1 lakh is before the corona. Now we have scaled up the production of ventilators and other PPE also. In the 2019 Global Health Security Index, which measures the country's preparedness for outbreak of infectious diseases, India was ranked at 57th place among the 195 countries. If we see history, disease outbreaks are not new to the world. We have experienced pandemics such as SARS, the severe acute respiratory syndrome in 2003, influenza viruses like H5N1, H1N1, Ebola in 2013, MERS, the Middle East respiratory syndrome in 2015, the NIFA outbreak in 2018. But a global pandemic as posed by the corona, be it in terms of transmission rate or the fatality rate, the economic or financial havoc created by it is something novel and no country is well prepared to tackle it. The best and the only way we can prevent the global pandemics of such a scale in future is to stop the spread of the virus or the bacteria in early stages. So communication and information plays an important role in preventing the outbreaks or pandemics in future. Apart from the role communication systems and information play, 
in tackling the future pandemics. A country's pandemic preparedness is mainly based on the state of the health sector in that country. As we have seen, the total healthcare spending in India is 4.5% of the GDP. More than half of this comes from the private sector. But the main problem with the private sector spending is it is only concentrated in cities, mostly in the 5-6 metropolitan cities. So the healthcare in India is scattered across the geographical and income differentials. And the other main issues related to health sector are about quality and access. <clears throat> quality is about the standard of and the technological advancement in the use of the health infrastructure like x-rays, scanners <clears throat> in India. This spending on technology, R&D, research and development is very low in India when compared to many developed countries in the world. Also, the spending on research labs, virology institutes, drug research, and this pharmaceutical spending has to be increased so as to ensure a better healthcare delivery for citizens. So we all know that 60% of the population in India lives in villages and there is very less private spending in these rural areas. Also the central and state government spending on health won't trickle down to the level of all villages spread across the country. So in many villages there is very low spending on healthcare. And hence the healthcare costs are very high to these people and many people in India cannot afford the services of health sector. Also, when we talk about the access, insurance is another important topic. Private insurance sector is more than well developed in India than public health insurance sector. Most of the middle and upper class people, the people in urban areas opt for private insurance. And still many people from rural and poor, poor backgrounds lack insurance coverage. First of all, Anirudh, thank you for correcting me on the figure that is, uh, the health expenditure as percentage of GDP in India is actually 4.5% and not 3.6%. And moving on, I think you've given a very detailed picture as to what is the state of the health infra in India as on date. I think Lakhvit Kaur has a question and I'd like to allow Lakhvit Kaur to ask her. Over to you, Lakhvit. So first of all, uh, welcome and hi Anirudh and Divya. I'm interrupting here to ask a simple question from both of you. Uh, what do you think is the status of our states, in, especially in the coronavirus outbreak situation? How well do you think they have balanced the health and economy? And what better could they have done? That's what I want to know from you right now. Different states were impacted differently and they experiences have been different. The first case in India was detected in Kerala back in January 30. But we don't have enough information at that point of time how dangerous it can be, what, what are the problems that we're going to face because of this virus. Pawan, Lavapit and I, we three were in Delhi in mid-February. And the first case was detected in January 30. We three were in Delhi to attend uh, Bharti at Sacha Sunset, where students from all the states have attended. Also, we were roaming at Kannur Place, Delhi Heart, 
India Gate, boarding metros, all crowded areas. We we didn't expect or foresee the virus and the dangers it poses at that point of time. So obviously you can see that Kerala got elected first and it have taken the early steps. And we can see the result today. Uh, the spread is the number is very low in Kerala. Also, the recovery rate in Kerala is almost around 95%. Also, Kerala have previously experienced the Nipah outbreak, Ebola in previous years. So, obviously, Kerala will have an upper hand in controlling the virus. And I completely agree with Anirudh and I would like to add on more points like when the virus actually erupted in Kerala in Jan 2020, I mean the casualties of the virus were known very less to all of us. As we know that uh, that the virus uh, has originated for the first time and we had no idea about the virus. So actually we had no casualties knowing about it and there is no wrong about it and after knowing the casualties the government has been taking proper steps but the steps taken are not enough actually like what I have been hearing from many people around with respect to Telangana is that the state isn't conducting many tests so the problem lies here when the tests are not conducted on a large scale how do we even know that there is a case that has been registered in particular place or locality before we know that there a case has originated in that place the virus could have been spread to many places already so the main point or the idea that I would like to put forward is maybe one should uh, conducting the test on a very large scale on a timely basis that's it. So I think both of you have given very distinct and clear answers to my question and I'm so happy to receive a variety of answers on a single question. I agree with you Anirudh when you say that Indian states have taken quick action and they were able to contain the virus which is why we are still uh, far behind but recently the news has shown that we are now at the fourth position in terms of coronavirus cases and uh, right now it's increasing the pandemic uh, effect is increasing here in India as well. We have already surpassed the one lakh count and we are expecting more cases to rise by June or July which is really disastrous. In addition to this, I also agree with Divya when she says that the steps taken till now are not wholly and solely sufficient. Yes, the PPE kits were found to be inefficient at some states and places where it was detecting corona patients wrongly. Also, uh, the tests test rate basically the test done per per day or per week is not sufficient because 
we are already testing less people which is why we are getting less cases it's possible that if we test more people uh, in a point of time we might get even more cases so there's that's where i feel we are still lacking and we need to improve apart from that what do you feel uh, anirudh and divya what could have been done and what can we do now because the past is gone uh, right now we still have some time in our hands and what do you think can be done by the indian states to control it further and how they can improve their health infrastructure right now as we all know india has spent around 3.6% of gdp for the financial year 2020 where the public healthcare spending stands at 1.29% of the gdp which ranks lowest in the world coming to the problems in the indian healthcare infrastructure now let me speak about it one by one coming to the first problem it is about the insufficiency of the hospital beds The count says that 0.1 bed is available per 1000 people. I think this must be thought about because it looks very least because per 1000 it is just mere 0.7. Then the count shows that there is one doctor available for 1400 people as well. There are dismal number of healthcare centers in India. there are insufficient number of blood banks and there is a very urgent need for more medical colleges which provide quality education and also bring out the professional workforce into the existence in future coming to the next problem there is a huge concentration of healthcare in metro cities this is because there is an urban and rural divide existing in the indian economy I think one must look upon into this situation because it creates a bias in which the urban and rural people are being treated and also rural people are being ripped away their benefits of basic healthcare as well. There is also a non availability of urgently needed vaccine this relates again to the research centers that means there is there are very less number of research centers right now coming to the next problem it is about the structural mismatch in the institutions at the center and state levels this happens in various departments and agencies which leads to duplication of work hence this ends up in effectiveness ineffectiveness and unsustainable as well so the solution could be an integrated and comprehensive approach which helps in solving this problem where the requirement of the infrastructure can be determined according to the district wise on the basis of the population in that particular district so that the effectual infrastructure is established by the population present at the ground level also the decentralization system exists in india but it should be worked on more because decentralization system helps in better administration and surveillance of the local health problems as well the emphasis should be shifted to the long term strengthening and enhance sustainability as well 
This finally results in saving the public money as the infrastructure solutions can be determined in a more cost-effective manner at the micro level as well. Then coming to the private players. Now here the game starts. Basically private players when they come into the system they act as commercial units. They are just here to make more money rather than serving the people needs. I think one must put a check for the private players like to what extent can they uh like can they exist and also to what extent can they charge from the people as well then coming to the next issue it is about the quality healthcare this could be uh, maybe made better with the collaboration of the state and central governments so one should look upon further to have a collaboration with the state and the central governments now i would like to point out some suggestions for better infrastructure number 1 geocoding this process involves introduction of data systems for monitoring the health status this implies that the data systems have the history of the patient of what health issues he had had and this could be easily referred back and this helps in saving the time as well number 2 reduce urban bias this means that there should be a reduction in the rural and urban divide so the rural are not reaped off their basic benefits or rights that are that is uh, a good health care number 3 there should be an increase in the medical institutions that is better quality of medical professionals this also means that the corruption in buying out the medical seats should be actually reduced see when a person is getting into medicine with his own knowledge and his own skills this means that he is potential in doing something but when a person is buying out a seat in say a category b category c category how is he even potential of doing his basic job that would be disastrous he would be playing with the lives of the people i think the medical colleges should keep a check on this and government should play a major role in ending this corruption i feel and coming to the fourth point the import duties and taxes could be actually waived off on the equipments that are being imported from the foreign countries the equipments could be various machines that are being used for x-ray or some other purpose so the impact uh, import duties and taxes should be waived thank you devya you have uh, given a very good uh, set of suggestions which can be adopted to uh, in the process of reforming the healthcare system so one was uh, your geocoding and improving the data set uh, data available of patients and uh, so that there's no need for multiple uh, checks and all of that 
and they are very productive solutions and very uh, very good ones too and uh, but in my opinion there are some legal issues as well so in uh, in 2020 jan i mean this year in the month of january there was a debate going on whether uh, central uh, government also should manage healthcare currently as we all know state government manages healthcare as healthcare is in the stateless sub constitution the issue or the proposal that was put forth was that central government and state government both manage healthcare that is healthcare will be shifted to the state to the concurrent list where both central government and the state have a say in managing the healthcare uh, anirudh i would like to ask you be uh, given your background of political science as well and your, your knowledge of the systems as to as to how things work what do you think uh, about this uh, idea will bringing in health into the concurrent list prove to be good or are there any counterproductive uh, counter effects that may happen as a result of doing so your views on it please Thank you Pawan for asking me a question about the legal aspect of the health sector. Mm, I will be responding to your question as well as the mm, I will put my views uh, about the solutions to some of the problems that health sector is facing today. Already Divya has very well mm, explained about the issues that are facing by the health sector and she has come up with a wonderful set of uh, mm, recommendations so as to improve the state of health sector and to improve the healthcare delivery to the citizens of the country pawan as you have uh, mentioned that health is a, a subject matter of state list but not concurrent or national um, central list um, a state government have the power to frame laws related to the health in that particular state but national government also have the power to frame laws related to public health as public health comes under the broader subject of public interest too we have national schemes like ayushman bharat scheme national health mission etc these are the schemes related to public health which which are framed by central government i think uh, the health should be uh, a matter of state list only because a national scheme will apply commonly to all states but different states have different issues like uh, the population density varies uh, geographical factors varies uh, there are different climatic conditions in different states so i think uh, health should be a, a subject matter of state only but not a central or concurrent list <coughs> so coming to the solutions uh, uh, this finance minister have recently said that uh, the government spending on uh, public health will be increased in her uh, speech during uh, announcing the financial package so what we have to understand is uh, public spending on health is very low in india currently uh, the central government has set a target for 2025 that the public spending on health should be increased to 2.5 percentage of the gdp and it is currently only 1.3 percent also a central government has set a target 
for 2025 to achieve universal health coverage that is to provide health insurance to almost all the people of the country so the practical solution is uh, we have to work on either five year or ten year plans as these are not these problems that can be solved overnight uh, we should set certain target uh, like eliminating poverty uh, improving uh, or increasing the expenditure on healthcare to 2.5% uh, yeah. eliminating malnourishment undernourishment in india thank you so much for sharing some really intelligent insights but i have another question for you here don't you think that the minimum limit of 200 crores for the global tender can actually impact the purchase of critical medical and research equipments which we need right now for finding out the right vaccine as soon as possible so this cap which was introduced by our finance minister could be a hurdle in actually um, devising the vaccine for this uh, whole pandemic what do you think about this and the second thing, what do you think is the role of private sector in all of this? Uh, do we really have to promote the private sector in finding out a good balance between the economic uh, revival and the health infrastructure development? Yeah, Lovepeet. The cap which has been announced by the finance minister, that is 200 crores, is part of the program Atma Nirbhar Bharat. So this speaks about that India should be a self-reliant country. So I think this in turn allows and boosts the economy de- domestically. That means whatever we have earlier been importing from the foreign countries could be produced in our own country. So this also means that the there is a way or a gap which has been created by the government which creates employment generation so i think this has been a good idea and also i think now it's a pressing need that there is a revival of the policies which have been taking place and also the various aspects of the economy which are also taking new revival this means that we actually understood that we have been performing a bit poor all these days and it's a pressing need for all of us to understand the issues at the current situation and also be able to tackle the situations in the near future so i think this this creates a renaissance kind of thing which makes as realize that where do we stand and also that we have to come back and fight strongly against all the issues which have been going on currently and the next question that you have posed is about the vaccine there are nearly about 30 attempts from india that have been going on in finding out a vaccine where the total of 100 attempts are throughout the world which are taking place out of which india we have given 30 attempts and there are 
ट्वेंटी रिसर्च इंस्टीट्यूट्स विच हैव बीन रिसर्चिंग डे एंड नाइट फॉर अ वैक्सीन ऑफ विच द टू मोस्ट इम्पॉर्टेंट आर नेशनल इंस्टीट्यूट ऑफ वायरोलॉजी एंड इंडियन काउंसिल ऑफ मेडिकल रिसर्च एज वी ऑल नो आई सी एम आर अनाउंसड अ कोलेबोरेशन विथ हैदराबाद बेस्ड बायोटेक इंटरनेशनल लिमिटेड टू डेवलप अ पोटेंशियल वैक्सीन बेस्ड ऑन सार्ज कोविड टू स्ट्रेन आइसोलेटेड एट आई सी एम आर अलॉन्ग विथ नेशनल इंस्टीट्यूट ऑफ वायरोलॉजी पुणे एंड वी हैव ऑल्सो नोटेड डाउन दैट अ सिरम बेस्ड कंपनी इन पुणे हैव कोलाबरेटेड विद अ यू एस बेस्ड कंपनी इन ऑर्डर टू प्रोड्यूस अ वैक्सीन एंड दे हैव टेस्टेड इट ऑन मंकीज एंड फाउंड दैट द मंकीज आर बिहेविंग गुड दैट मीन्स दे हैव नो नेगेटिव इफेक्ट ऑफ दैट वैक्सीन ऑन द मंकीज एंड दिस इज स्टिल अंडर ऑब्जर्वेशन सो लेट्स होप फॉर द बेस्ट अबाउट द वैक्सीन एंड हाउ इट गोज अबाउट कमिंग टू द नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन अबाउट द प्राइवेट पार्टनरशिप इन द हेल्थ इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर आई थिंक इन्वॉल्विंग प्राइवेट is good enough but to what extent is the matter look when uh, private players come into the picture they actually look forward for a you know profit based motive rather than a service motive so that is the main concern that i've been looking for if you want to involve a private player into this system then there should be do's and don'ts and there must be checks put forward so that the actions of the private players have are being checked time to time and also they do not reap of the benefits of the poor people so that's the main concern and the main intention behind me denying the more involvement of the private sector during an emergency a government should be able to stop the spread of epidemics now i would like to bring forward few recommendations to fight against the epidemics first the government should be backed with a universal vaccination policy this means that the universal vaccination is to all needy people the government must not come under any pressure from international institutions and developed world and must not give up the vaccination policy in the favor of private hands and also there should be good amount of cold storage facilities and good transportation facilities as well there is a pressing need of special medical research centers and proper testing facilities and special drugs as well there must be cooperation and coordination between different research centers and other medical institutions number 3 there is a need for a comprehensive emergency epidemic response plan if if quick policy response is provided then substantially we can reduce the number of casualties this involves different aspects such as risk assessment of the epidemics preventive measures to further stop the spread number 4 there must be improvement in the habitation conditions this means that safe drinking water good sanitation facilities and improved standard of living as well this reduces the incidence of the spread and there is a pressing need to strengthen the rural health infrastructure 
the central government must also focus on non medical expenditure making people aware of hygienic practices sanitation cleanliness and safe potable water as well the to conclude the twin goals of government should be to provide equitable access to the healthcare services and continuously raise standard standard of healthcare services the focus on healthcare infrastructure should be both qualitative and quantitative as well international surveillance network must also be created to create appropriate steps to take preventive measures to stop transmission ppp could be a good idea but as i've mentioned before it might turn into a commercial project hence better utilization of funds and resources must be employed efficiently and effectively the government should review the policies at regular intervals and the policies should not be rigid and must be flexible which could be changed from time to time according to the need and demand of the hour first of all thank you divya nanarud for joining us and giving us a very detailed insight into the status of health infrastructure in india whether there is the role of private sector whether it's the role of government what we can do what is the legal aspect surrounding it what is the impact of covid-19 on the health sector we've talked we've talked about a lot of issues on this episode i thank you for that and i think lovely also deserves appreciation for asking the right questions on the right issues these are all very important questions in my opinion i think all of yours will take note of it thanks for joining us we'll see you in the next episode this is your host pavan kumar signing off Thank you.